I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Grim Mystics. another week last week was trying we oh my gosh <laughs> last week was a lot of try a lot of try yes yes leslie why don't you take it away since you were you are our <laughs> editing guru and the editing uh, made your life very stressful and i love you so much for oh, chugging through i love you too so like last week i had like a touch of a mental breakdown i just really a touch I, right it a just, little sprinkling just <laughs> yeah, just just a touch. And um, I usually finish the video like mm-hmm. Tuesday night, and I kind of just crop it together and just do the final fixings on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like Wednesday night at like five o'clock, and you're like, "Hey, I, I haven't gotten that email yet." And I was like sobbing hysterically. Oh, and no. I was like, "I know it's my fault. Like <laughs> I'm not done yet. Like it was just I don't know. I really struggled editing that." episode we're finding that in person there's this fun thing that i think is the worst thing on the planet i think it's worse than wasps and everyone who knows me knows how much i am terrified of wasps wasps are terrible i i scream every time a waste of nature exactly yeah so something as bad or worse echoing oh my god echoing is the bane of my existence now that we've started this yeah i literally watched a video on the science of echoing i mean i didn't go that far (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that shows your dedication. Like, it can literally, if you have a picture frame with a glass covering, the echo can bounce off of that and fuck up your audio. So we have more new things. Um, there are blankets all over my house and pillows <laughs> all over my house because I am too cheap to buy sound blankets. So if you want to <laughs> donate to us so we can do that, if that echoing <laughs> drives you nuts, please go ahead. You can... <clears throat> Reach out to Leslie or I and send us money, right. however we'd like. Definitely. <laughs> we'll tell you our Venmo. <laughs> Definitely send money. <laughs> however, until we actually get real listeners and it's not like we're asking our friends and family to send yeah. us money, we just have blankets and pillows and we bought this fun thing where I feel like I'm taking a test in grade school. You know, they make you put yes, those like binders Yes, like the dividers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Be- and it's got foam around my microphone, so hopefully it is trapping my sound it looks super interesting (laughs) i feel like you know from oh what's that show it's the tim the tim the tool tool man Man. taylor and wilson yes yeah with the tool time tool time tool time and he's got the bucket hat and Uh then you can you never see him below his eyes that's how i feel right now because it comes right up (laughs) i have to like take a picture of this because it's so cute so perfect (laughs) we'll post that yes we will i don't have makeup on and my hair's a mess because you know girl that's why they invented filters yeah we're we, were, we were having a, a good time at my my nephew's baptism last night and we didn't get into late <laughs> going freaking ham at a baptism <laughs> going ham for the for the lord how we do <laughs> <laughs> but anyways so yes we've we've both experienced our our frustrations with echoing so what are the things that you, you said that things kind of happened that <clears throat> lined yeah. up really beautifully after the sprinkling of mental breakdown <laughs> well I want to say, like, I feel like I didn't do your episode justice. Oh, I loved it. It was, well, there were so many things that got cut out that were like, 
that amidst like my crying profusely, which I, I don't necessarily, I obviously I cry. Yeah. I mean, I'm a human being. I mean, but you're not super emotional no. all, uh, most times. Right. But. Like I, I will maybe cry like once a month, maybe mm-hmm. of that. And I cried like nine times that day. And so amidst <gasps> oh, like no. the crying, there were just so many things that made me laugh. So I just feel like I did you a, dis- a disjustice because that episode was really good. So. Well, maybe if we can, because you're we're playing with the editing and learning how we can do things. So maybe we can take the funny things and just make it its yeah. own episode where it's just kind of a filler. And we kind of talked about that mm-hmm. last week. I don't know if it got put in. To I don't think it did. I don't remember. Honest. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about doing just like little bonus episodes mm-hmm. of things that we talk about the rants that leslie takes out you guys think we have a lot of rants in the episodes but there are so many more that are taken out because our our podcast would be three hours long well that episode we recorded for an hour and 45 minutes and i ended up that episode ended up being like just over an hour yeah so that was 45 minutes of shit bullshit out yeah i mean it was funny yeah it was good good bullshit i thought so So yeah, so first of all, I wanted to say that first and foremost, and like we didn't even record an outro. <laughs> so the it's super choppy. Thank you for bearing with me. I I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and it was like Wednesday night at like seven o'clock, and yeah, I finally was, was like, Fuck this. Yeah. And and then my internet went out, so yeah. the episode was uploaded late. It was just like nonstop. Yeah. So, so, so that is also so the Mary Bell and the Alexander. are sorry if it's not in front of me i'm not gonna remember but those two are so far the biggest pains in the asses and i'm sad that it's all my episodes i just pick pain in the ass the cursed episodes (laughs) my episodes are cursed in person (laughs) yeah no i um so like thursday my body was just like exhausted because Mm -hmm. i had like sobbed Mm -hmm. so many times Mm -hmm. and I'm like feeling terrible. I'm just like feeling like crap. And I I was on TikTok, mm-hmm. obviously. That's all I do in my <laughs> spare time. So this video popped up mm-hmm. on my feed and it was about um, like your life path with mm-hmm. like numerology. Okay. Essentially saying how like what life are you on if you believe in reincarnation. I do. I actually I think that's a, a I think that there's no way that we're just like no. done. Yeah. I would be excited to know that. I'm kindred to certain spirits and we get to come back together for multiple lives. I think that's the beautiful. That's why I loved soul so much. Mm -hmm. I loved that idea of like, when you're ready, you can be Yeah, you decide. Yeah, Right. But Mm -hmm. like, when you're not, you're not. And I've wanted to do, uh, what are they? What are they called? Um, When you like go under hypnosis and they do like a... Oh, they try to like pull like past memories mm-hmm. out of your noggin. What is that called? I don't. I wanted. Well, there. I can't think of like the term. Oh. I mean, I've even looked into it. Like, I know someone who do, who does it. Oh wow. And I've like talked to them about that would it. Be really cool. But I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that like I'm gonna find out that I was I've been sick through all of my life. Oh, so, or like you know what I mean? Like yeah. The anxiety in me just doesn't want to do it. But I'm I'm really interested in it. <clears throat> and so I'm like doing the the math, doing the order. And according to that, like, numerology, I'm on my eighth life. Oh, okay. And I kind of thought, I was kind of surprised, I kind of thought I'd be, like, on life four. Like, I feel like like I'm older, but not, like, right, not, like, super old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's funny, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, like, reading your eighth life mean. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's supposed to be like full of wealth and like management and like success. And wow, they really weren't expecting all those hospital bills. <laughs> and I'm just laughing. Like, yeah, like I have no, I have no professional success. Like, that's just not, that's not it. Um, and so I'm just saying they're like, all right, whatever. And then they say, but like, the number eight is the number of, of a survivor and like oh. people oh, on that just gave me goose pimples. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> and like people on their on their eighth life like go through some shit, mm-hmm. but they survive. And then I sobbed again because I was like, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> you know. So I just like when I came in this morning, I told Amber like life just gave me a bunch of slaps all over the place because mm-hmm. I I really was like feeling sorry for myself and just being like like I had like a breakdown, yeah, which is fine. Uh-huh, it does, yeah. Um, and so when I saw that, then I cried again. But it was like good tears. So. <laughs> but I thought you guys would appreciate that because it's yeah. kind of like weird and spooky, and mm-hmm. so. Well, and we, you know, we want to keep it real, and you yeah. know, sometimes our episodes don't go the way that we plan, and no, that's just how it is. We we believe in consistency, and we want to keep it that way, and so sometimes that means that our podcasts are going to sound like amateurs did it because we're an amateur yeah we're rookies like yeah. right right like we've done 10 of these so that's it in, yeah in total yeah so and we're doing it completely on our own mm-hmm. we, we, we don't, don't have mm-hmm. a sponsorship we don't have a network nope like where some of these other yeah. podcasts have well and even some other podcast hosts will do like <clears throat> virtual like classes that you have to pay for we're too cheap we're not gonna do it no yeah. i'm not gonna we're gonna we're shit. gonna google and see how to do stuff like literally we're just yeah. gonna put our two heads together and hope they form one and we can figure yeah. this shit out and honestly we know that you're here for the for the pizzazz <laughs> between us you don't have to flatter us we know it's for us <laughs> Yeah, we could just be talking nonsense, and as long as we spit a few facts to keep you interested, we know that you'll <laughs> you'll still love us. <laughs> I was pointing because Amber was spitting facts again, but nobody told me. <gasps> yeah, no was... one told us if pointing was rude. <clears throat> Granted, it's Sunday when we're recording this, but still, you've had time. Get on. Episode that. comes out on Thursday. I know I have so many friends and like coworkers and family members who are like, I'm behind. But I'm oh still gosh, listening, yeah. and I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, no. You don't have to tell me. And the, the great, I'm just glad you're listening. And the great thing about podcasts are you, you don't have to rush. They're not no. going to expire. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, and honestly, I kind of love, like, I'll get in this, like, moment where I'll listen to, like, one podcast. Like, I'll go back and listen to the mm-hmm. old ones and just listen. And then by the time I'm kind of over it, all of the new episodes are out, and then I just get to binge listen. Yeah. It's just like <clears throat> binge watching. We just right. like to binge. So there's who doesn't love a good yes, binge. There's no rush. So we've talked the somber note, and on the yes. fun note, <clears throat> something to look forward to. We will be collaborating mm-hmm. with another podcast um, soon. So uh, you guys might have seen uh, we posted on Instagram um, once we scheduled the meeting. But we have some podcast buddies. So Facebook has everything. It does a page for everything, and we are a part of multiple podcasting for beginners. Facebook podcasters Mm -hmm. and we through the process of getting our episodes up and running we um, met Ken I don't think we've talked to Shade yet Mm -hmm. so I think we're mostly talking to Ken I think Ken's kind of their social media guru Um, Mm -hmm. but they started a podcast called the spectrum of perception and they do a lot of cool spooky they don't do a lot of true crime. Theirs is Mm-mm. more like, it's really interesting. At the beginning of their podcast, they actually do like 
it's almost like a story. Like I'm imagining, like voiceovers. yeah, I'm imagining like <clears throat> before TV when they had like those shows on the radio and right. they have to like make sounds. Like the, the they're so good. You can hear someone walking through and opening a door and walking on hardwood floor. Like they they do these little mini parts where they have someone doing that. Like they they, they tell you the story. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm rambling. Yes, no, 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 <laughs> I can't good, think yeah. of because it's so unique. It is. They don't fit into anything that I've listened to before. So they tell you a story beforehand, and then afterwards they kind of dive in more about the subject that they're talking about. And they've talked about sleep paralysis, black-eyed kids, black-eyed kids, yeah. um, uh, aliens, like. It's anything and everything that just kind of breaks your brain to think about, they talk about. <clears throat> so we will be doing a collaboration with them yeah. at some point. Um, our our meeting is uh, next week. So we want to give them a shout out. Thank you for offering to collab with us because they're bigger than us. And they're like so organized. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> like, they have their shit together yeah. and then there's us. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, oh my God, it's like wrangling cats. Seriously. Like, in like, I don't know if you had this. In like first grade, we had like buddies with like fifth graders. Yes. And like, they're like the fifth graders. Like, they're a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they got, and then we're just like the first graders. That and like, they just keep like, fuck everything. <laughs> and they keep dragging us back to where we yes. need to be. Like, that's how I imagine it. <laughs> so. Um, we figured we would give them a shout out as well. Yes, go Let's, check them out. Yeah, check out their podcast, give them a listen, um, see you know what what they do because it's really hard to articulate how unique they are. And then at some point you'll be hearing a collab, and it's going to be <clears> the four of us um, just shooting the shit. I feel like their podcast will be a little bit more organized. And I feel like we'll overwhelm them with how much we are not organized. But it'll be a good balance. I feel like we'll learn the organization side of this, and they'll learn like. The rambling. <laughs> I, I, I tried to warn Ken when we were talking and we were planning this. So it's like, um, yeah, it's like, it, it's us. Like, that's the best way to describe it. Yes. We're just like, yes. Meh. Well, and then I do know they're launching their website here soon. Yeah. And they were very sweet um, and reached out and asked if we would um, give a testimonial. So you'll see that and actually like some professional looking pictures of us. Like <clears> we found <throat> the best selfies that we had <laughs> and sent them over. But they also have some other um, podcasters that have done testimonials as well. So you might be able to broaden even more into mm-hmm. this. I think a lot of them are also true crime like us, things like that. Like small that. time stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so any any support that you can give to the small guys, we always appreciate it when it happens, and I'm sure everybody else does. But yeah, so go listen go to them, out. them and see um, what they're all about so that by the time we do a collaboration, you guys know who we're talking to. For sure. All right, Leslie. Should we, we tell them where we're going? We shall. Please, okay. Please tell me where we're going. <laughs> we are going to Keddy, California. To Keddy, California. So <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you now, this is going to be a two-parter. Like I texted Amber yesterday and I was like, I'm on page 17 <laughs> and I haven't even gotten to the suspects. Well, and we are going to be nice and we're not going to make you wait. So right. we're going <clears> to <throat> do this week is part one. Next week will be part two. And then we will... Get back to our every other. Yeah, we'll get back to our every other because we figure, you know, that's not fair. <laughs> and I, I don't like waiting. And I told Amber I owe it to her because she did Maribel twice. So <laughs> I owe her a, a two-in-one. There we go. Um, so most people know this case. Common. This is a super um, like well-known. well-known yeah. Okay. And what got cut out, so we do our clues at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And I didn't... <laughs> 
I was like so unprepared. I didn't have a clue. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at my list of stuff and um, I essentially just picked, like I have an entire list of cases that intrigued me. Mm -hmm. And I just picked the one that I was like, oh, this will be a super easy clue because I was like right on the spot and, you know, I'm anxious. So, um, <laughs> And so I picked this one. And, oh, Lord. <laughs> Amber. <laughs> this, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's crazy. So this okay. is unsolved. Okay. I'm just, so I have a quick question. Yeah. Cause my sister-in-law, Sarah uh -huh. loves the podcast. Listens every week. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've got Craig and Leslie in my little totem pole. Yes. And then like Sarah, like they're my three people yes. that I just like jibber jabber at most. And so Sarah has been guessing but not posting on our social media. I know. And she's been meaning to text me. Like, she guessed Mary Bell correctly and forgot. And then she was like, I didn't get a shout out. And I was like, I didn't know you did. <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> so she guessed, is this like, it's like an unsolved and it's, I think she got it right. I think, because she kind of like talked to me about it and, I, and she was like, is that it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I remember? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So she was talking to me about it yesterday, though. And I was like, I'll, so Sarah, here's your shout out. I think you were right because she said it was unsolved. Yes. And um, it was like about, a, was it a family? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then Sarah <clears throat> and Wendy, you got it right. Woohoo. Give yourselves yeah. a big hug. <laughs> Sarah, if you just continue to tell me before we record, I'll remember. But we'd no, also Sarah, like the social media it. engagement. Yeah, <laughs> so today we're talking about the Ketty Cabin murders. Oh. Um, yeah, and, yeah, Sarah, you were right. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. Okay, so we'll talk about sources. Um, so there is an entire website dedicated to this. It's called Ketty28.com. Mm -hmm. I was on that page a lot. Mm -hmm. um, they have a YouTube channel. I watched a lot of videos on there. I looked on historicmysteries.com, and there was an article written by Joe Turner. I looked at medium.com, and it was written by, the article was written by Ashley Megan. An article on crimeonline.com, which was written by Jonathan Anderson. I wonder you had 17 pages. Oh my god, I read forums. I read Reddit. I read, <laughs> oh my god. And there's a movie called Cabin 28. Okay, I thought that was like familiar, but mm -hmm. I didn't know if it was what I was thinking of. So don't watch Cabin 28. I'm just going oh. to, it, it was not good. It was really Oh, bad. really? Like, so then maybe I haven't seen that one. Maybe I was confusing it. They're very true to the story. They are mm -hmm. very true. Well, we don't know. To what, what exactly what happened. happened yeah. yeah um but they are like the names are the same the town is the same the hmm. suspects are the same like and even though in the beginning they say like the names are fiction blah 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 but it's literally they they just like read <laughs> they took the report and just like turn it into a yeah. movie uh-huh and hmm. so but it's really badly done oh so so i mean you can watch it it's free on amazon prime oh, okay um, i watched it with robbie i just we we were kind of like like laughing because mm. it's really bad. Oh, okay. okay. So, so that's what I got. Also, there is like every podcast on the under the sun has done this. Oh, really? um, case I listened to the Murder Squad with Paul Holes mm. and Billy Johnson, and you they, got me on them, and I'm obsessed. With I really them. like. I them. follow both of them on Instagram now. Like I'm a fan. <laughs> I really like Paul Holes. He's yeah. I I I, really I started listening from episode one, so I scrolled all the way down, and yeah. they're adorable. So I'm gonna set the scene for you. Do it. Um, on Sunday, April 12th, 1981, 14-year-old Sheila Sharp returned to her home, cabin 28, in Ketty, California, after spending the night at a neighbor's house. 
At 7.45 a.m., Sheila entered the home to find the bodies of her mother, her brother, and her brother's close friend lying on the floor near the front door. The front of the home was in complete chaos um, with blood on the floor, mm. ceiling, walls, bodies, everything. Oh, my God. So. That's where we're starting. That's your scene. Jesus. So let's talk about the Sharps. Um, so Glenna Sue was also known as Sue. That was the mother. John, Johnny or John Sharp, um, he was 15 years old. He was the oldest. Sheila Sharp, 14. And some background. So Sheila, Sheila wasn't living with the family for a period of time okay. because she had a baby. Oh, okay. Um, and Sue made her put the baby up for adoption because oh. she's 14 years old. Oh, oh I forgot the age. Wow. So, okay. so drama. Uh oh. Lots of drama, Amber. Oh my god. Oh my god. So much drama. I'm so okay. excited. And then we have Tina Sharp, and she's twelve. We have Ricky Sharp. He's ten. And Greg Sharp, who is five. Um, and no, and no dad. So Sue um, was married to James, and okay. he was in the Navy, um, and he was stationed in Connecticut. But he was like super abusive. Oh. Um, like alcoholic. Oh. <clears throat> and there's actually this really nasty rumor that he may have been inappropriate with his daughters. Oh. Um, so. I hope that's not true. Those rumors just get worse as we go on. So, oh, so Sue and James. So Sue separated from James in 1979 mm -hmm. and took all five children and they just kind of made their way, they made their way to Ketty. They stopped in like Missouri and they stayed mm -hmm. with her mom and then they stopped in Quincy, California, which is like super close. Like that's where mm -hmm. the kids go to school is oh, Quincy okay. Okay. because Sue's brother lives in Quincy. And then they eventually moved to Ketty. Okay. The Sharps moved to a three bedroom log cabin that was called Cabin 28. And it was pretty big for them. I mean, it's, we're talking about six humans living in a house, but mm -hmm. compared to, they were living in a trailer previously. So, so a three bedroom cabin <clears throat> is like, huge. yeah, it's like the Lux. Um, so Johnny's bedroom was located downstairs in an unfinished basement that you could only get to from the outside. It, like, you couldn't get to so the basement. So he was the oldest, though, right? Yeah, he was 15. Okay, okay. Uh-huh, and so he had that room to himself. Rick and Greg shared a room together that was right next to the living room. Mm -hmm. And then Sue and Tina shared the room in the back of the home together. Mm -hmm. However, when Sheila came, Tina and Sheila shared a queen bed in that room. Mm -hmm. And Sue would occasionally sleep on a twin bed in the girls' room or would just sleep on the couch. Oh, my God. Yeah. The luxury of having a king bed right now. I'm feeling it. The luxury of, like, having my own bedroom. Yeah. As a kid. Mm -hmm. And I had siblings. Like, it's yeah. very fortunate. Yeah. Because um, we most of the people we talk about, they, they have to share. They shared, yeah. Mm -hmm. Weird. Financially, mm -hmm. the family struggled. Like yeah. they were, they were living in poverty. Sue received two hundred and fifty dollars a month from the Navy, and I'm assuming that's like a child support, like Navy oh, dependent like, pay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah. The, the thing about this case, there's so much on this case, but it's really hard to cipher through what's fact and, and what's, what's fiction. Like, what people are guessing happened. Yeah. Mm. Um. So I, I really want to. Put that warning out now. Mm -hmm. I really did my damnedest to to get through mm -hmm. and and find the most consistent yeah. facts. Okay. Um, okay. And on things, I mean, I'll tell you when I'm elaborating. Okay. Do that. Warning. Okay. So. I mean, and that's kind of you know with unsolved mysteries, that's kind of what happens, right? <clears throat> like, people yeah. try to speculate and wonder what happens. So. There's a little bit of pressure because this is such a known case. I don't want to find. I mean, you're not gonna find <laughs> but, it. Up. Yeah. You're no, not gonna find. I know it. what you mean. 
Okay, so she got that $250, but that only covered rent on their cabin. So okay. we still have like food, living, clothes. Can you imagine school. $250 for rent? Oh my God. Like I know they were living in poverty and all this and they had to share, but like $250 is like. That's not even my car payment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't live in my car. <laughs> So because that only paid for rent, they also got like food stamps. Um, and then there were a few other assistant programs. And uh, Sue received a stipend for attending school. I, don't, I couldn't figure out like how much exactly mm -hmm. it was a month, but she was. She got a little something. Mm -hmm. So she was studying business management at Feather River Community oh, College. Okay. They said she was a super good student. They said that she was really consistent and dedicated to her studies. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was also described as like kind of shy mm. and kind of plain, but she had an extensive quote unquote dating life. Oh. And they talk about Sue's dating life a lot. A lot. Why? Um, because it's small town. Oh. And they're a bunch of fucking assholes. Oh. It seemed like that Sue was always attracted to douchebags though. Unfortunately. Um, yep, she dated, all the men she dated were abusive alcoholics you know not great and she would generally like break up with them because i mean she just left her husband who was who was that dick. yeah so why the fuck would she want to be well, with someone else yeah but it's just unfortunate that they seem to be attracted and found her and we'll kind of talk about that the town of Ketty itself tiny very mm. very tiny but it also seems like they attract assholes Oh. So so her latest boyfriend, they said, mm -hmm. six weeks prior to the murders, um, they were outside in her front yard and they were arguing, like shouting, yelling at each other, you know, cursing at each other. And nobody knows why, but like all the neighbors, you know, the looky-loos watched, yeah. watched. And that was something that the idea that this could have potentially been one of Sue's boyfriends or previous boyfriends mm -hmm. is one of the theories that leads which is, I'm assuming, why they talk about her dating life so extensively. Yeah. Mm. I don't like that. I don't either. So let's talk about Ketty. Okay. Um, because Ketty plays a big part of this. In the regards, town itself does. Huh. In my opinion, in regards to why it's unsolved. In uh, regards to how it was handled. Mm, I think it has a lot to do with this town. I hate when that happens. Ketty was described as a place that the American dream went to die. Jesus. <laughs> um, it's a super small town in Plumas County, California. And I was looking at census records in 2010. There were 66 people living in this area. Oh my God. And it, it only takes up about 415 acres. That's it. See, I guess because I am not from California, I imagine like the busy stuff like that LA. we see. Yeah. And mm -hmm. San Diego and all that stuff. I, I don't imagine that there are actually, like, small towns in California. <clears throat> and this is a mountain town, you know, because they've got oh, their yeah. mountains. Mm -hmm. And so it's desolate. They they don't, they have, like, a bar. <laughs> it's called the back door, which makes me laugh. And <laughs> um, <clears throat> these cabins. So when it was created, mm -hmm. it was super, it was booming. And it was busy because it was a railroad terminal. Okay. But the railroad closed there. Mm. And it just died. Oh, so like cars. Yes, yes. Okay. So the people of the town, they tried to like make it come back and they said it was going to be like a hiking and a camping kind of resort. Mm. And so they, they built these cabins. 
the name of the town is Ketty, but they decided to call it Ketty Resort. <clears throat> like, that's what they were trying to advertise I, it as. And they were really trying to just make it. making it, it like a, a tourist destination. Yes, that was mm. their goal. Okay. But it failed. Well. And, um. You have to have something special to make a town a tourist destination. Exactly. And they, but they had all these cabins. And so the owner at the time, when it failed, he essentially just turned them into low-income rentals. Mm. Okay. And that's, that's who lived there. For people who had had to live on low income. Mm -hmm. So it kind of feels like the neighbors in Ketty did not like Sue at all. Oh. Um, that kind of makes sense, though, because if it's a small town and you're an outsider that just moved there, like, it takes a lot to, like, immerse yourself into that small, commu- that small community. And it doesn't always happen. There's that. And because she was on assistance, mm-hmm. they didn't like that either. <clears throat> they didn't like, even though they live in low income, but they didn't like that she got food stamps. They didn't like that she got a stipend for uh, going to school. They wanted her to just, like, struggle. Mm-hmm. And okay. they didn't like that she had sex because, God forbid, a woman has sex. They didn't like that she had case? boyfriends. 80s. 81. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Um, and there were so many rumors about Sue after this that she was, like, a sex worker, that she was selling drugs, that she was in a drag queen, you know, blah, 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 all this garbage because they just didn't like her. And so that's unfortunate. So, I mean, like, while Sue may have, like, attracted losers, it's not like she had pretty slim pickets. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like the low income probably didn't like I'm not saying anything about low income, but there, you know, if there's just a bar in town like then there wasn't a lot like booming or changing in the town like it doesn't sound like a breeding ground for success no and it doesn't sound like a breeding ground for like nice people and the nice people probably got run out because the townspeople are sound like such d-bags well and i mean we have those small towns when you don't have things to do what do you do you, you drink, talk shit yeah you do drugs yeah get fucked up like yeah. because and then you talk shit <laughs> there's nothing to do yeah that's like, true you gossip and you looky-loo and then you fucking Drink yourself to sleep. Like, yeah. that's, mm, it's a small, that's true. Small I didn't think thing. about that. And 66 people are not fucking small. Yeah, that's that's too small. Like, you know everybody, and then, like, again, like, you could meet everybody in the town in one day and do it again. I'm not here for that. <laughs> I'm really not. So Sue was described as, like, beautiful. And she, she hung out with men. Like, she okay. had boyfriends. Okay. And, and actually... I was looking at, there's like this, t- there's a bunch of timelines that were created. Mm-hmm. Um, some by law enforcement, some by like internet sleuths. Mm-hmm. And the one in law enforcement talked about every man that came or stayed at her house from like 70, 1979 when they moved there to when she died. I mean, I get needing to find suspects, but I don't know. Right. It's like. Every fucking like that's ridiculous. Yeah, like Every I feel like you can man. take them off. So it seems like so that she's not being painted in a great light. Usually, no. when people aren't painted in a great light, their their crime can kind of get pushed under the mm-hmm. rug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but but she was beautiful. That's what everyone says. She was a beautiful woman. So I thought so plain like clothing then. Yeah. Oh okay okay. I'm I was I'm imagining sorry. plain human. No, she didn't. She like wasn't flashy. Mm, okay okay. <clears> but okay. everyone described her. As she beautiful. was beautiful, quiet, mm-hmm. and just didn't like you know if she would have judged it up, she really would have. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So like everybody, all these men wanted 
to get it in because she mm. was beautiful and she was hot. Oh, and I bet the town's ladies loved that. Mm-hmm. But she was like super quick to be like, no, like if you if you have a drinking problem, I'm out. Like mm-hmm. if you yell at me, we're done. Like because Good. she just left a fucking asshole. Yeah, like she <laughs> like, she set boundaries and yeah. she wasn't about to get herself into that situation again. And so the idea that one of these losers got their fucking feelings hurt because she denied them. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of people think could have happened. Well, I'm like, we're dealing with that problem now. Yeah. Like, just because someone says no to you does not mean that you need to pursue them harder. No. And does not mean that you need to do that. Like, Mm-mm. that's what we're, we're, I mean, it's, it's constant. Like, how, if it was one of these, I know that it's unsolved. If it was one of these, how dare you take people's lives because someone didn't want to date you? Right. What it comes down to. Like, how petty and how horrible does that sound? I took, I killed her and her children because she wouldn't go on a date with me. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Ew. And, I mean, we know that, like, small town gossip mm-hmm. exists. Um, and rumors fly and all this shit. But, like, imagine a town with less than 100 people and you have this insane triple homicide. That's in, Yeah, that probably <laughs> broke their brains. Yeah. So, like, fucking rumors went nuts. Mm. That's going to be hard for the cops, too, keeping it all straight. Like, there was a rumor. Uh, so people didn't like Sue at all. But they also didn't like Tina, the 12-year-old. How do you not like a 12-year-old? I mean, I get it. Like, some 12-year-olds suck. But, like, how can a whole town not like Tina? So there were some rumors about Tina that she was pregnant by a full grown-ass man. And there were, That's like... That's inappropriate of the man. There were about five men that went through the rumor mill. I saw their names. I'm not going to say them yeah. because I don't know. Yeah. But there, that was the rumor that she had sex with this, like, grown, with a grown-ass man. And they got her pregnant. And the town doesn't like her. Right. What about the grown-ass man that had sex with a 12-year-old? Allegedly. I feel like, for me, that this town is, like, stuck in town. Or stuck in time. Mm. Like, we're talking... We're yeah. going to we're going to shame the women for right. doing the things that the men do. But mm-hmm. the men it's kind of like, well, yeah. And Tina was in special education classes and one of her special So that's even more inappropriate. Which but but it sounds like she wasn't it sounds like she just really struggled in school. And like, instead of getting the focus she needs, they just kind of put her uh-huh. into a class that she didn't necessarily need. Yeah, cuz mm-hmm. I watched a documentary where one of her teachers was interviewed and mm-hmm. it sounded it, it didn't sound like she like had huge developmental delays Mm. right it just sounded like she was behind yeah Mm. uh uh-huh and um one of her special education teachers sue reported for child molestation because he asked tina and another girl to like send or he asked if he could take nude photos of them and then he would like pay them money yeah what this town needs to be like shut down like let's just Mm -hmm. like it let's just not let's not have it anymore are you kidding me? And they don't like this 12-year-old who's getting taken advantage of by all the grown-ass men in this town, pretty much, then? Ew. Okay. No, oh, this is gonna... <laughs> I'm glad I wore a long sleeve. I'm gonna get real sweaty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Johnny. There were also rumors about Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, that he was, like, a bully, and he was, his, his classmates said that he was mean, and that he, like, didn't like people, and um, there were rumors that he was, like, selling drugs, and his best friend, Dana was the third victim, was the third body mm, yeah. in that house. And they said that Dana was, like, a drug dealer and was on the LSD. And and he was on probation, too. Mm-hmm. For... And Johnny's the 15-year-old? Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And so there were rumors about Johnny just being, like, a dick, and he was a punk, and 
mm-hmm. all sorts of shit. So yeah. they just didn't like this family. Like, point blank, they didn't like them. Well, and how are they supposed to thrive and be better if they know their town doesn't like them? Fucking Sue's a single mom of five kids who just left an abusive relationship. And she's trying to better herself. Oh my, yeah, she's going to school. Like, she's fucking trying yeah. to, like, make something of yeah. herself for her family. And yeah. this fucking town is just, like... You know. Well, and then how are her kids supposed to be successful in a town where everyone is so judgmental of them? And they're 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 te- they're teenagers. They're younger than teenagers. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I mean, Johnny is fifteen, but like fucking fifteen. Well, I mean, when I was fifteen, I did stupid shit. Like yeah. everybody does. Like right. you're you're not supposed to act like an adult when you're fifteen. No. Like you learn how to be an adult because of the stupid shit you do. Like there are tons of people who have like rougher teenage pasts or childhood years and they become adults and they get better like regardless if like i mean sheila had a baby so we know sheila was having sex at mm-hmm. 14 regardless if they were having sex at a young age regardless if they were selling drugs like yeah those not that's not great no. obviously but sue's a single mom yeah how does he care of five kids yeah who's working you know what i mean like what yeah. What do you expect her to right. do? Be with her kids all the time? Well, and then obviously, like, to this town, like, people were buying yeah. <laughs> these drugs. So it's not, it, like, if a, if a whole town of 66 people w- weren't doing drugs, then Johnny would have no business. Right. <clears throat> but, so, it's not like this town is this pristine, like, oh, Clean. yeah, they came in and tore us apart. Like, no, this town has been, it's seedy and gross, and they are a product of what they were around. Yeah. Exactly. And Ugh. and it kind of reminds me of, like, Rat Alley a little bit. Like, yeah. the neighbors take care of the kids, too. And, you know, everybody's over at everybody else's cabin, and that's normal. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's just a fucking mess. Mm. So let's talk about Saturday, April 11th, 1980. Mm-hmm. As I said, as far as facts go versus fiction, like, it's all over the place. And I tried really hard to get through and... There are a lot of, like, stories and facts, and there are just so many different outlooks towards Mm -hmm. this case. It's hard. Yeah. So I did a lot of research, and I did my best. Like I said, I'll tell you if it was a speculation on my end, Mm -hmm. but this is is what I got. So don't come for me, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I mean, some people might just be learning about this case like me from here, so (laughs) there's nothing to come for. That's good. I'm glad. (laughs) Okay, so here is what we know. Okay. 100% know for sure Mm -hmm. about that evening little boy named Justin Ezen Smart, who was 12 years old, was spending the night at the cabin. Okay. He lived in cabin 26. Okay. So they were neighbors. Dana Wingate, who was 17, was Johnny's best friend and mm-hmm. was also in the cabin that evening. Okay. Tina and Sheila were at the Seabolt's cabin, which okay. was cabin 27. Okay. Um, that evening, and Sheila decided that she wanted to spend the night, mm-hmm. but they didn't want Tina there, so Tina had to go home. Because they're older. They, mm-hmm. they didn't want their, they little, didn't sister want their little sister there. Yeah. So Tina goes home, and Tina had told Sheila before that Johnny and Dana had gone out to Quincy, the mm-hmm. next town over, and Sue was pissed because they didn't ask for permission. They just mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And um, Sue was mad, but she was staying up, just waiting for them, mm-hmm. waiting for them to come home. And um, I guess somehow Johnny had spoken to Sue, and afterwards, like, he called the house, mm-hmm. and she said... You're there, whatever. Like, just don't hitchhike home. I just yeah. don't want you to hitchhike home. Yeah. Just get home. This is the 80s. And we talked about it last mm-hmm. week, but it got cut out. Hitchhiking was a normal fucking thing. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Ugh. So at the cabin that evening, for sure, are Tina, 
mm-hmm. Sue, Ricky, Greg, and the neighbor boy, Justin. Okay. Justin confirms that he and Sue stayed up late and they were watching Love Boat on TV. So cute. And he finally went to bed around 10 p.m. Okay. Tina returned shortly after, according to Sheila, and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming she went to yeah. sleep. She was home. We know that on Sunday, when Sheila returned to the cabin, um, she found the three bodies laying in the front door in the front room, um, and she noticed a knife that she thought was a pocket knife laying in between them. Okay. There are a lot of names coming your way. Okay. So <laughs> cool, because I'm already like just holding on to a thread, understanding who's who. <laughs> so if you need me to stop, okay, just tell me. Okay. And I will, I'll do my best. Okay. Um. Okay, so Sheila yes. saw the bodies mm-hmm. of her brother, and she could only identify Johnny. Okay. The second body she didn't know, and the third body was wrapped in a blanket. Okay. So she couldn't see who it was. Mm-hmm. She ran out of the house and went to the Seabolt, mm-hmm. which is the cabin next door, and um, she was like, you know, there's bodies in my house. Like, we have to mm-hmm. call the police. So they called the Plumas County Sheriff's Office, and Sheila... And the Seabolt mother and the son, Jamie, returned to cabin 28 to look for Sheila's siblings. Okay. And they, but they didn't want to go inside. Good. Okay. I was just about to say they're going to, oh, yeah, they're going to fuck up the crime scene. (laughs) So they're knocking on the windows, trying to see who, who will come. And they get to Ricky and Greg's window and they knock on the window and Justin looks up and all three boys are alive and safe and they had just woken up they had no idea yeah ricky and ricky and greg had no idea and they were young they were little i mean he was 10 so not super little how old was justin 12 12 and he was was he ricky's friend i think so he was just like a neighborhood kid that hung around yeah there's a lot of age gaps like for me a 17 year old hanging out with a 15 year old because dana was 17 and john was 15 seems inappropriate yeah justin hanging out with a five-year-old and a 10-year-old when he's 12. Yeah. It seems inappropriate, but I think it's just a small town. Yeah, one, well, so. it's probably, you know, you get close with one sibling yeah. and then you kind of get to know all the others. Right. So the, the three boys are alive. They're fine. Mm-hmm. They were sleeping, you know, so they pulled them out of the window. And Jamie, um, Siebel, the neighbor, continues to look around and he notices the back door. Back door. Back door. <laughs> the back door is left open. It's like a jar. And okay. so he opens the door and peeks in and he enters the house through the back door. Okay. He doesn't find anyone else alive. Okay. <clears throat> so he leaves. I'm so mad about I, that. Like you're he, okay. Yeah. Like he entered the crime scene. Yeah. He fucked it up. Yeah. Like, and then left. Right. Remember, <laughs> like there was no reason. Rule number one. But also I understand you're looking for your little siblings. Yeah. They know Tino is in the in the room. Like there's only three bodies, and they there were more people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. they know that there were more people in that house, so they don't know who's who. Like, yeah. she just knows it's Johnny. She doesn't know anything else. Yeah. So, um, I have lots of mixed emotions. <laughs> don't enter a crime scene. <laughs> yeah, that should just be, like, 101. It's kind of like when you see someone after they get in an accident, don't move them because you don't know what's broken. Like, don't. Yeah, just don't. Just don't. Just do don't. It. Yeah. And, like, on, like, who knows what Jamie could have contaminated. Yeah. Honestly. Well, <laughs> that reminds me. So I remember talking to a sergeant, and he was talking about, um, he was a sergeant in a local police department, and he was talking about crime scene stuff, and he was like, Put it down and get the fuck out. Like, that's yes, all he kept seriously. saying. He was like, don't touch anything. 
get the fuck out. Like, don't. Yeah, like, call professionals who know how to do this. Like, if a cop is saying, like, a sergeant yeah, of a department like, is saying, leave. get the fuck out, like, and he, you would think he would be the professional to call. <laughs> like, you are not. <laughs> yeah, no, like, don't do it. And yeah. especially, so, like, this was at 745. Mm-hmm. Police show up at 8 a.m. So it's not like... Oh, yeah, they came really yeah, fast. they came super fast. I remember, like... Including, yeah, including for a sheriff's department to, you know, fly through into this teeny tiny town, like, because mm-hmm. they don't have a department of their own mm-hmm. then. Yeah. No. So, I don't know. So it just makes me mad that Jamie even entered. Yeah. <laughs> and we will learn, I mean, I kind of think that the police dropped the ball a touch. Well, so it just, but also, I, I don't know. I don't, anyway, here we go. So law enforcement arrives at 8 a.m. and Deputy uh, Hank Clement was the first one to arrive and he searches the cabin and confirmed that there were three deceased bodies inside. Okay. I'm going to talk about body placement and okay. crime scenes. So just a trigger warning. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when Sheila entered that cabin that morning, it was graphic. Mm-hmm. It was gruesome. Mm-hmm. There are crime scene photos. I don't recommend. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's Blood everywhere. Mm. <clears throat> Walls, okay. ceiling, floor, okay. furniture. Um, there was blood on the girls' and the boys' bedroom doors mm-hmm. on the outside. Mm-hmm. So, something that's strange. On one of the walls, there was um, knife marks. One person described it as, like, someone was, like, throwing a knife and kept doing that. Oh, and then, like, trying to get it stick in the wall? Uh-huh. And then oh. someone else described it as, like, they could have been stabbing someone and it went through the body and hit the wall i don't know i saw a photo oh it's hard to tell yeah i so that's something that's strange too on one of the walls it was like covered in these marks so johnny's body was um closest to the front door okay. and was laying parallel to the front door and that's the best friend johnny is oh johnny sorry that you said no, Donnie. You're okay sorry yeah johnny johnny uh, uh his hands were on his stomach and they were tied together with a white cloth medical tape. Um, his ankles were wrapped tightly and knotted with an extension cord as well. On the other end of the con- of the extension cord were Dana's ankles. Oh. Dana's body was also parallel, so they were like right next to each other. Okay. And half of Dana's head was on top of a cushion that had been pulled off from this from the couch, okay. and so it was like half on this cushion, half on the floor. That's weird. Why would you want your uncomfortable and tied up, but let me give you a pillow for your head? I learned that under that pillow, there was blood also mm. on just some parts. So obviously that pillow, that cushion was moved after. Hmm. So Dana had medical tape loosely wrapped around his ankles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had appeared to have been broken because it was only on his right. He was wearing boots. Mm. He was wearing hiking boots and it was only on his right hiking boot. Okay. He also had them on his wrists Mm -hmm. but they had been like broken apart also but Hmm. he had the tape on his wrists the body wrapped in a blanket was determined to be sue's Mm -hmm. now the blanket was yellow and i i've heard some people say that it was from it was tina's like comforter Mm -hmm. like it was from tina's bed her body was in a fetal position with her feet closest to dana's shoulder okay so sue had both of her ankles and wrists tied together with the cloth medical tape over the tape was an electric cord that was tightly wrapped over her wrists and knotted several times. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there was a thicker electrical cord that was tied 
on her wrists and it and then they connected it to her ankles and tied it to her ankles oh like a hog tie oh my yes goodness. and it was so tight that's what put her in that fetal, fetal position. position oh my goodness that's not comfortable at all sue was gagged with a bandana and her underwear and oh something so she was naked from the waist down when they found her mm -hmm. but they said that there was no signs of sexual assault I call bullshit. She was fucking naked. And her underwear yeah. was gagged in her mouth. Uh, if not, like, why do all those? Yeah. Ugh. Like, okay. And so she had the bandana, she had her underwear, and it was taped over her mouth Jeez. to just ensure that that gag was in there. Blood patterns on the floor indicated that Sue had been moved there like and drug. then okay. tied up. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Um, tied up after? Mm-hmm. Why go through all that? Okay. Um. Mm. Lot, yeah. There's a lot of blood already. Like, why do you need to, you need to, I, you, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you need to, like, I would assume tie someone up beforehand, not after they're already bleeding. Like, that's just cruel. So they're going to bleed out in this horrible position? There was no blood under the bindings. Okay. So, like, at least for the athletic tape, they were tied before. Before they were killed. Okay. But the electrical cord yeah, and, like and all the hog that. Tying? Yeah. After. That's just cruel. Yes. So yes. someone's already bleeding and dying and you're going to hog tie them. Mm hmm. I oh, don't like the person that did this. All right. So both Sue and Johnny's throats were slashed and they had multiple stabbing wounds and blunt force trauma to their heads. Both Johnny and Dana had like hammer oh mark like imprints on their foreheads um and sue had another one which we will find out she had a different imprint which we'll find out what it was mm -hmm. so dana also had severe um head injuries but his cause of death was strangulation he was the only one both sue and johnny their throats were slit okay. around there multiple people that did this crime like it's they essentially said like at least two people had yeah, to have done this. Yeah, because it's so different, different MO. Like. And, I mean, you're fighting two boys. Granted, Johnny's like 15, and he, he did look a little small and skinny, but Dana wasn't. Dana yeah. was a big boy. Yeah. And so, to overpower both yeah. and Sue. Because a grown adult, yeah. Like, even if it's, you know, it's four against two. Like, yeah. even right. if you're stronger, like, there are more of them. Exactly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they essentially determined it had to be at least two people who okay. did this. So around 825, Sergeant Jerry Shaver arrived and was informed by Deputy Clement, who was that first guy mm -hmm. who confirmed, um, in front of like a fuck ton of neighbors, may I say, that there was a triple murder. Okay. I see your, I see your <laughs> wheels, just wait. Um, so from there, the two dispatch to inform the sheriff what was going on mm -hmm. and um yeah don davis sue's brother who lived in quincy arrived around 8 45 and interviewed the shaver okay don went into extensive details about sue's divorce from james um and he mentioned that sue had refused to give james the new address because mm. she just didn't want him around and in the back of my head I'm thinking there were the, there there were those rumors though that he was inappropriate with Tina and Sheila yeah. too. So yeah, she doesn't want to subject her children to any of that shit. Yeah, and um, Don said as far as he knew that James hadn't seen them since 1979, since November. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he gave the children 
I'm sorry, he gave the police all of the children's names and ages. Okay. At 9.30, Don Stoy, uh, Lieutenant Don Stoy, excuse me, and Assistant Sheriff Ken Shanks arrived. Um, yeah, because we got Sh- Shaver and Shanks. But lots of names. <laughs> this case, no wonder everyone's so confused and there's so much going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they have these details of, like, who arrived and who came. So I just want to yeah. get that information out. Yeah. So, okay, so Lieutenant Don Stoy and Assistant Sheriff Ken Shanks arrived. And they started... Um, taking photographs of the scene in the cabin. Deputies interviewed neighbors and bystanders, and it appeared that like everybody had a different story of like what they had heard, what had happened the night before. Uh-huh. Um, but at the end of the day, they were like, yeah, we didn't see anything, or, like hear anything suspicious. Like, we, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. And these cabins are close. Like these aren't, these cabins aren't like, they're, they're closer from you to your neighbors. Oh my God. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're stacked like on top of each yeah, other. Yeah, right. They're close. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. A little sus. There were multiple of them that had said that they were woken up between 1 and 2 a.m. And they heard sounds of, like, muffled groans and, like, muffled screams. But, like, ultimately decided that it was nothing and went back to bed. It's never nothing. Yeah, hi. If something wakes yeah. you up in the middle of the night, you don't have to go investigate, but no. call someone. Yeah. Just if, just to do it. Like, give the cops something to do in the middle of the night. If you hear screams, just fucking do it. Yeah, like... <sighs> like, nobody will be mad at you no. for calling. No. And no. if they are, then they're fucking suspicious in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Just, if, if something wakes you up in the middle of the night, just call the cops. Like screams, yeah. No one should be screaming at one to two, two in the morning. I know. Like, no session no. is that good. I was just I'm so <laughs> glad. Like our, <laughs> our brains went the same way. No session is that no. good. <laughs> Not enough to wake up a neighbor. Like no. no. That's, <laughs> and if they say they are, it's not true. Or, sorry, but. They're over exaggerating. Oh man, I'm so, that's funny that I read the same route. Okay. Um, so anyway, and something else that really bothers me is that Sheila, who was in cabin twenty-seven, mm-hmm. right fucking next door, and I looked. I tried to see an exact measurement of how far they were oh apart, um, but I couldn't. So I watched this video on YouTube of this woman who had gone to the cabins, and they're fucking close. Like, are they, they are close. Yeah. So th- I'm imagining, like, kind of like a cabin resort in, like, Estes. They want to mm-hmm. fit as many cabins on the yes. river as possible. Yeah. So everyone gets the same, like, nature experience. That's a perfect, like, yeah, like, when you go up the canyon. But mm-hmm. even then, some of them are closer. Are sp- oh, my gosh. Okay. So, like, well, they're fucking close. Okay. That's a great, that's a good example. For those of Thank you who have been up the Thompson Canyon, you know mm-hmm. those houses. You know what we're talking about. They're mm-hmm. really close to each other. Yeah. So that pisses me off. <laughs> well, get, yeah. Like, there's no fucking way. I mean, unless, like, they're just so used to that, because it's, like, low-income area. Like, what if they're so used to screams and whatever that, like... I mean, if it happens all the time, you kind of eventually start to tune it out. I guess, but... I mean, these people were beat with a hammer. I I, I totally get you. I would assume the sounds are... Different. Extensive. Than, yeah. And loud. Yeah. I don't know. It just pisses me mm-hmm. off. No, I agree. So, other witnesses said that Johnny and Dana were hitchhiking drunk that evening. One thing they really asked them to do. Uh-huh. And they were given a ride back to the cabin around 1 a.m. 
problem with this one, though, mm-hmm. is that multiple people said that it was them that gave them a ride. They can't all be right. Like They were like, I gave yeah. them a ride? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they just, like, hopped into, like, 75 cars. All right, you took me a mile. I need to go get someone else. Yeah, right. Like, you can't all fucking give them a ride. Yeah. So, okay. There's just, so, there's just a lot of discrepancies about when they returned, what had happened, but the timeline that Mm -hmm. police, the best idea is around 1 a.m. Okay. Hmm. Were they drunk? Like, were they able to figure that out? They don't know. Okay. Okay, so, like I said, lots of rumors that Johnny and Dana were, like, punk-ass kids, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. is literally what some of them called them. And they drank, and they sold drugs, and they were losers, and, like, mm-hmm. eye roll. So they mm-hmm. didn't like they didn't like the boys anyway. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Dana was on probation because he slashed these tires in this, like, in Quincy, and huh? it was, like, $7,000 of, like, damage, which... Oh, my God. Damn, son, that's a yeah, lot of tires. Like, <laughs> tires um, are... I mean, I know some of them are expensive, but, like... They're like, you know, for a full set, it could be like $500 and you're slashing $7,000 worth of tires. <laughs> Shit. And, and actually, Dana wasn't even living with his parents when this happened. He was in a foster home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is what they called it. I watched an interview with Dana's dad and he, he kind of phrased it as like, Dana didn't want to be home and Dana wanted to go live somewhere else. I don't and know. So the state took care of that? I don't know. All right, friends. So we took a little break, um, but my husband, you know, it's our house, so he needs yeah. to use it. So you might hear um, he's preparing some pulled pork for our party this afternoon that it we're smells, going to for our nephew. It smells so good. It does, and it's killing me. <laughs> so if you hear any kitchen clanking, my husband also has to use the house. So. It's just Craig <laughs> Yeah, so try to <clears throat> ignore it. Okay, so it's, it's just like, it's really annoying that they all had their opinions and they all had mm-hmm. like... Well, Dana and Johnny were doing this. Like, they were at a party. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because maybe if they had, hadn't been such fucking twats, like, <laughs> maybe we would have some resolution. Yeah. It doesn't matter Mm-mm. what happened. It doesn't matter your beef with them. Like, yeah, three they're people so are murdered. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Like, gruesomely. Yeah. Like, well, and as a neighbor, wouldn't you be concerned that, like, you're next? Yeah. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't your goal be to be as helpful as possible and to try to help the police keep their biases out of it if you were concerned that like this serial killer could be lurking and like your cabin could be next yeah that's where my brain would go (laughs) okay so like at this point they don't know what's going like they don't know Mm. like what to do with it they know that they have three bodies like three victims and that they have three potential witnesses because of justin ricky and greg okay so like law enforcement documents of this case are kind of like all over the place mm-hmm. um some of them are still close to the public because this is an open case mm-hmm. but the ones that are public record like have some discrepancies and kind of look like they were maybe edited or like doctored a oh. little bit um, the cops are dirty too well plumas county is so small yeah <clears throat> like oh, they okay. they don't really have I think, I'm trying to think, I know that they said, I think they have like 40 deputies in total for the oh, entire the county. county. Holy yeah. cow. Okay. So it's, it's pretty small, but like a lot of people think that it was Lieutenant Stoy who doctored it. BC mm. needed to cover his ass. Well, yeah. I mean, people want to know an answer and if a cop can't give an answer, like they don't like that. Right. And I, so I didn't, re- I didn't look at police records, mm-hmm. even though I normally do. I mm-hmm. just was like, good God. My, I just was like. 
Yeah, holy crap. So I didn't. Um, but in one of the documentaries that I watched, there was like a former law enforcement officer that worked in Ketty. And he was saying like, for him, he felt like they were just so overwhelmed and that they didn't know what to do. Hmm. And he felt like the sheriff, I think his name was like Sylvester. <gasps> I, I did, love that name. I didn't write it down <laughs> because he's going to be super prominent in our in second part. Part two. Okay. Right. And these are just my part one notes. Mm-hmm. So I think his name is Sylvester. But um, this guy was saying that he was just trying to like make a name for himself. He was trying to... You know. Move up the police ladder. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. And so he did a lot of stuff on their own. And this officer was saying, like, he felt like the DOJ, like the Department of Justice, needed to get involved and do it. Yeah. That, like, they should have called for help. Right. That was a law enforcement's perspective on yeah. it. Yeah. But, like, those at Caddy 28 on that website and, um, like, some of the family and the survivors... Mm-hmm. Are like oh no they they are they're just twisted like they they drop the ball they are fucked. Hmm. Well, I mean it could be a mixture of both. They could have been the police could have been overwhelmed. Yeah. And this guy could have been too proud to call in another department, and they were also twisted cops like who probably didn't get a lot of shit done anyways. I mean they doctored the stuff, mm-hmm. so that's kind of sketchy. So they're like bad, yeah. But like they they do- the biggest thing they doctored. I saw your your wheels turning previously. Like, where's Tina? Yeah. What happened to Tina? Like, Tina, where's Tina? Right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm not rolling on the river. Where is she? Uh, see, so yeah. it's a Tina Turner joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at my nose and I missed it. Shaking his head at me. Amber's got, I good, got had, good puns. I have to, I'm going to tell it again because I told it at the baptism yesterday. So, uh, it's, there's, Rain, right? Uh-huh. It's in the forecast. So <laughs> I was sitting there with two of the people at the baptism, and we were talking about the birthday party that's going to be this afternoon um, for the for the same kiddo. And I was like, yeah, forecast says rain. And I was like, but would you expect anything else on Noah's birthday? <laughs> and they both looked at me <laughs> and didn't get it for a minute. And I was like, and then one of them got it and started laughing, and the other one did it. And I was like, this joke is so funny. I will say it again if you need me. That is funny. <laughs> and I was like, and also, don't be around me tomorrow because I will probably say it like four more times. I love a good Christian joke. <laughs> I do too. That's funny. Well, and you know, their parents are all worried about the rain and they were all bummed out, you know. But and I was like, like what do you expect? Know oh my gosh. Amber, that's funny. That's <laughs> good. Know. <laughs> I'm just full of the quick wit this weekend. Yeah, I no, do. You've got good I'm you a, do. I swear, I should have been a dad. Like the oh, dad jokes yeah. are strong within me. Yeah, I'm not a punny person. Oh, I don't. I don't got the puns, but I you love do. It. <laughs> so my humor is more of like self-deprivation. Like I get that. <laughs> too. Like that's where I am. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. But I was like, this joke is that's so good. funny. So now I'm going to announce it. All right, okay, so okay. we got dirty cops. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, so finally we acknowledge that Tina's missing. Okay, yeah, so Tina, where's she been? What's she been doing? Like, seems real sus mm-hmm. to me because um, John Davis was there and he, like, gave the names and the ages of everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I so they know. know Tina's a person. Alive. <laughs> and Sheila's standing right there. So, yeah. why isn't Sheila like, where's my sister? Yeah, I was mean and sent her back. Just seems real sus. Yeah. Um, and in the documentary, Justin was interviewed. As oh, yeah. like a the grown kid. man. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, as a grown man later. Uh-huh. Okay. And Justin was like, I was telling them, like, Tina's missing. Like, <gasps> Tina's not here. Tina's oh, missing. Goose pimples. And oh, they God. weren't listening to him. 
And Justin's mother was saying that the police thought that the body under the blanket was Tina. So this obviously happened right away. And Justin is sitting there saying, no, that's Sue. Like, Sue's under the blanket. And then the two Tina's gone. Yeah, he's like, Tina's gone. But he just kept, according to Justin. Okay. Yeah, so who knows? They could have been just, like, completely out of their league. Or, I think it's a mixture of both. They are out of their league, they were too proud to ask, and they were covering their tracks to not show that they were incompetent in this case. Right. Like, some of the um, articles I read said, you know, it was just such chaos that they were just trying, they were trying to comb through the cabin and see if she was hiding. And I get that. But And it is overwhelming and chaotic, including if this is probably their first, like, crime murder scene in their county, if it's so small-ish. Okay, so-ish. I, I thought that, too. Okay. I say that, but... Um, it sounds like there were there was a lot of like drug trafficking and mm. um, gangs around the area. Okay, so they had murders, but uh-huh. maybe not to this extent. Right, right, right. So like, I'll I play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. So I get that, but like, I think a good police department and a good cop and a good sergeant and chief and lieutenant and everything knows when they are in the deep end Over and they head. are not treading yeah. water. Like they need to know when to call and it's not a pride thing i think that's what frustrates me is like the excitement of like solving a case has got to be like a runner's high for Mm -hmm. police officers it's Mm got to be and and detectives it's got to be the reason that they do the job they want to you know solve the case and find out for the family but i think that can like the solving the case can overshadow the victims and then, yeah. like, <clears throat> what what their job should be in a murder scene or some, or a murder investigation is finding the answers for the victim and their family. And if that means calling in someone else, put your Just pride in your back in. pocket yeah. and fucking do it. Yeah. No, I agree. We got some problems with how this is set up, and Leslie and I are here to bring it to light. And we both pointed at the same time. <laughs> so <funny. laughs> We were. <laughs> So again, let us know if that's rude. <laughs> okay, here, back, back to life. Um, where's Tina? Yeah. <laughs> we still haven't answered the question. Tina, where are you? Okay, so so by noon on that Sunday, same day, the California Department of Justice was on the scene, and there was a helicopter, and it was taking um, video and photos of the air. Mm. And some people actually think that they caught whoever did this, like leaving. <gasps> What? On the video. But they... But they don't know who. It's a helicopter, uh-huh. so they look like a speck leaving the crime scene. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. So did they caught them afterwards or during the crime? Uh, this was Sunday afternoon. Oh, so they caught someone just like leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Did that someone look like a 12-year-old girl or like a grown-ass adult? I don't know. Oh. I, I Like, a lot of people think that... The police drop the ball and they like are covering it up. Yeah, that's a big theory for this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what the answer is. Well, that's why it's unsolved. If right. we knew the answer, then it wouldn't be unsolved. Exactly. So we're going to the crime scene. Okay. So police found two bloody knives that mm-hmm. had been bent, mm-hmm. like they had been like forced in so hard that they were bent. Mm-hmm. And you'll remember that Sheila thought she saw a pocket knife because the knife was like bent but it was just it was, oh, it was just a knife uh-huh. oh, and they also found a hammer okay um a plastic piece of a bb gun okay and so all those were covered in blood mm-hmm. the knife that was bent was identified as a steak knife that was in the family's kitchen mm-hmm. 
There was also a single bloody, one single fingerprint on the railing leading out of the back door. As far as DNA goes, there was, there wasn't much. Um, in regards to who was responsible, Mm -hmm. the blood was all Dana and Sue's and Johnny's. Okay. Wow. That's impressive that the murderer bent a knife and didn't end up hurting themselves. Murderers. There was one very small trace of DNA on one of the pieces of tape. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe spit, maybe sweat, maybe hair. small, small. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said it was so small. Like probably couldn't even test small. Exactly. Mm. The other thing to keep in mind, even if there was DNA, this is 1981. Mm-hmm. DNA wasn't used in cases until 1985. Okay. So it's still the science is mm-hmm. behind the cases ahead of, <clears throat> ahead of science. Yes. So there's not a lot that can be done. Yep. So keep that in mind as we move forward. And I bet they lost that teeny tiny bit of DNA. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's gone. Yeah. So the coroner determined that neither Johnny nor Dana fought very much they didn't fight their attackers either they didn't or they couldn't they were surprised or yeah, yeah there there just wasn't there was no defensive wounds hmm. <clears throat> sue on the other hand had like multiple defensive wounds and was covered in them see that's surprising for dana though because like the tape was loose so i thought maybe he was trying to like kick and get free that's what i thought too but yeah they said there was none so you just thought <clears throat> maybe dana was the last one and they got lazy with their taping skills Dana was the biggest of the three, but mm-hmm. Dana was also strangled, whereas Johnny and Sue were slit. They were Their throats were cut. Hmm. I don't know. Weird. Lot, lots of questions. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I literally thought that exact thing. Hmm. Same thing, that they were loose because he was, like, yeah, trying, trying to, to get away. apart. Yeah. <clears throat> but that doesn't sound like the case. Weird. So that plastic piece of BB gun that was covered in blood mm-hmm. um, was matched to a Daisy 880 BB gun. Oh, you know, the most common BB gun out there. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I... I <laughs> Daisy's, like, the main manufacturer for BB oh. guns. It's, like, very... It's very popular. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you knew. I, I was like, okay, wow. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, Daisy's, like, the number one oh. BB gun sales. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it matched an indent on Sue's head. Oh, so... Because the hammer matched the boys, mm-hmm. so then the BB gun matched. Yeah, so they were, like... I wonder if they, like scared her and made her think that they had a real gun but it was a bb gun yeah there was no gun no yeah no blood uh shots yeah. or gunshot wounds or so i wonder if they made her think i didn't think it, that's a great i never thought about that that and i <laughs> the movie immersed in this case that's a good i i bet you're right yeah that they i wonder if they, they made her think she had a bb gun and that's probably how they got her tied up ahead of time you're so smart thank you I don't know if anyone else has thought of that. <laughs> I didn't see that in anything. You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> One little piece of evidence. <laughs> Will it help? No. <laughs> That's a good idea. I mean, I would assume because I've... I got you right. Yeah, and that's probably because if she... You said the tape was done ahead of time. The extension cord was done after, but the tape was done ahead of time. You're not going to... If someone walks into my house with no weapon, like, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to sit down and let them take me up but Mm -hmm. if i think they have a gun i'll be more likely Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. interesting (laughs) good job thank you (laughs) i missed my calling (laughs) i would love to be a detective but you have to work the streets before and i can't i would be awful on the streets me too yeah if i can just skip to like homicide then i'm here for it but i can't (laughs) 
It's true. <laughs> okay. So one of the biggest reasons that, that the public think that police dropped the ball um, is because, like, as far as crime scene evidence goes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Even though it was covered in blood and even though there was all this shit, that all, that's all they had. Hmm. Was a hammer, two knives, and a piece of a baby gun. Hmm. Uh, show. You'll remember that there's, like, three potential witnesses. Yes. We got Rick and Greg Sharp and 12-year-old Justin Eason Smart. Mm-hmm. Um, who was spending the night. Mm-hmm. Justin's mother said that that Sunday when he was being interviewed, mm-hmm. um, they found blood on Justin's shoe. And so they took his shoe into custody, mm-hmm. but they have disappeared hmm. since then, hmm. to this day. Hmm. About a month after the murders, Justin confessed to his mother and a therapist that he had dreams of people fighting that night of the murder. Hmm. There are two dreams that I consistently found that came up in my research. But it is said that Justin changed his statement mm-hmm. multiple times. I mean, he was 12 when this all happened. And, like, mm-hmm. well, your brain does a lot to protect you from trauma that you experienced. Oh, I'm getting pointed at. It's aggressive, <laughs> but it looks fun. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's threatening. You're not. You're not. You're on the right track. Um, so I also think the first dream was, like, his recount to police, like, of this dream. Okay. And then he's put under hypnosis. Um, and that's when the second dream comes. Mm. So that's what I'm assuming is happening. Yeah. See, okay, so is that like the hypnosis thing that like you were talking about in the beginning? Um, I mean, it's a little different because yeah. you're trying to recall your past lives. What is that freaking called? It's like a life re- regression. I can't. I mm. well, I just think that so life regression sounds cool, but I would never want to be put under hypnosis and like find out what my brain has like. Hidden out. from you for mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a, it's exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Was looking for things that the were poor hidden. Guy, it's gonna, that probably really <clears throat> fuck him up. I mean, he's still alive, but, like, he's changed his name. Mm-hmm. Like, he wants... he He's even said, like, I don't want to be... That's don't find even, me. Yeah. Don't look for me. Yeah. I don't want it. Which is sad. I'm, I'm sure he got so much shit mm-hmm. for what I'm about to tell you. Oh, okay. So, okay, so the first dream. And a lot of this was in, like, in, incomplete 12-year-old sentences. Mm-hmm. So, I'm pretty much paraphrasing this entire dream. Okay. He made Fill it in. as much sense mm-hmm. as I could figure mm-hmm. out. So, on the first dream, he was on a boat, and Johnny and Dana were fighting a man who had long black hair and a mustache. And Justin described the man really well, like what he was wearing, what shoes he was wearing, mm-hmm. and said that he was holding a hammer with a wooden handle in his left hand. Hmm. He said that Dana was acting drunk. Because he was walking weird and mm. talking weird. Mm. The boys and the man kept fighting, and both Dana and Johnny were thrown overboard. Justin said that he saw a body lying at the bow of the boat and went over and saw that it was Sue. Mm. She was covered with a piece of fabric, and Justin lifted the fabric and saw that she had been cut on her chest. Mm. Suddenly, a crowd appeared on the boat and surrounded her and Justin, and the boat started to go to shore. Another man came up and cut Sue again on the chest and then left the boat. The man said her name, Sue, and disappeared. He gave a description of that man as well and what he was wearing, too. So Justin was trying to clean Sue uh, with a white flowered rag and was, like, patting her chest when he noticed that Johnny and Dana were back on the boat fighting with the man Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side of the boat. Mm -hmm. He said that the two men got on a lifeboat but one came back onto the boat and covered Sue back up with mm-hmm. a piece of fabric, and then Justin woke up. 
Hmm. That was his dream. That's very, like, detailed. Holy cow. So, then Justin was put under hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And this is the statement or dream that came from that. Justin said that he was in the cabin and he heard people shouting from the living room. Mm -hmm. When he opened the bedroom door, he saw Sue and two men shouting and arguing with each other. And he described these men and what they looked like and what they were wearing. Johnny and Dana then came in from the front door and Justin said that they were all shouting at each other and then it turned into a physical fight between Dana, Johnny, and one of the men. Hmm. Justin said that Tina came out of the bedroom with a blanket wrapped around her and was asking what was going on. In his dream, Justin said that one of the men who was fighting Sue stopped and took Tina out the back door and left. Justin said that the other man cut Sue on the chest with a pocket knife. And Justin was saying that he went to Sue and was trying to help her and trying to like cover her chest, but he couldn't. And so he said that he wrapped her in the blanket that mm -hmm. Tina had left. Mm -hmm. So, like, holy shit. Yeah. That's, um, that's exactly what happened. Right. Like, <laughs> she was holy in shit. Tina's comforter. Uh, right. And so it's like the brain covers trauma. We know that. Mm -hmm. We know that the psyche will basically help you. Yeah, it doesn't want you to hurt you. Yeah. Uh huh. And so, like, was this a dream? Or, like, did but, Justin but, fucking see this happen? So, that's my wonderment. I, if he actually went out when this was happening, he would have been killed, right? They wouldn't have been, like, the Grinch, like, okay, give you some milk, pat you on the head, and go, and then I'm going to finish my bad deed. Like, he would have been killed, I would assume. So, I'm wondering if he saw it from the bedroom door... And like, or like, you know, hid, like peeking, peeking, never left, and then his brain is filling in the help that he probably wanted to do but couldn't. So his his psyche is like, oh, you know, you you, you held her chest, you tried to make it stop. That's probably what he was wanting to do. But like, no one's gonna walk out when someone's being murdered and intervene at twelve. What? Oh, you're giving me eyes. Two. Part two. Oh, part two. <laughs> this is going to kill me. <laughs> I forgot that part two means I don't know stuff. <laughs> so I get to sit and wait. We're not recording it right after. Like, we literally are waiting till next week. <laughs> part two. Uh, okay. So, from the hypnosis. Okay, yeah. yeah. This is going to kill me. I'm going to think about it all week. <laughs> I'm excited, but also I'm really impatient, and I hate surprises. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a lot on this case. I'm not gonna look wanna, it up. Yeah, no, nope, I'm yeah. not going to. I want, I want to live in the anticipation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So from that dream, like I said, Justin was describing what they were wearing, what they looked like, and it was so good that they released a sketch from Justin's hypnosis dream mm -hmm. of these men and released it of like what these oh, men wow. look like. Wow. So yeah. So like. Like we said, I really think he maybe could have witnessed something. Mm -hmm. And whether that was exactly what had happened or if he was just peeking, we don't know. Yeah. We won't know. I yeah. don't think well, ever. Well, he won't know. Right. Until... His brain's blocked it out. Until we die and we get that infinite knowledge. Yeah. I just don't... I mean, we're no. not going to know. We'll never know. Yeah. Which is infuriating. Yeah. It is. So, Tina. Yeah. So, Tina's still missing. And the case goes cold. On April 22nd, 1984... So about three years after, mm -hmm. 
a cranium part of a skull was found in a wooded area about 100 miles from Ketty mm-hmm. in a different county. Mm-hmm. And so they pick it up. They don't they don't know what to think of it. They don't know what to do with it. Because it's 84. DNA doesn't come until yeah. 85. Oh, fuck. Oh, um, ha- like, oh, these killers that did it before DNA became like well-known, they're probably yeah. like, woo! Those are lucky motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, so frustrating. So shortly after the news that they had found these remains... The Butte County Sheriff's Office, which is where it was found, received a phone call, Mm -hmm. an anonymous phone call. Mm -hmm. And here's what the caller said, Amber, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, I was watching the news and they were talking about that girl found at Feather Falls. I was just wondering if you thought of the murder up in Ketty in Plumas County a couple of years ago where a 12 year old girl was never found. They didn't say it was a girl. Well, it's a, it's a cranium piece. Like, that That doesn't usually... I mean, I know our, everyone's anatomy, like, there are archaeologists who can figure out, like, age, all that stuff from bones, but I don't think you can just do it from <clears throat> your brain, like, your cranium. I also don't think they released that. I think they just yeah. said that they found a piece of the skull. Yeah. Hmm. So... Someone wants some notoriety? Or maybe someone wants to get their partner caught? Well, so after doing... After they got that call, they did some tests, and it was confirmed that it was Tina. <gasps> So, like, that's where I'm going to leave you. Oh, my God. Such a good cliffhanger. Um, Everyone <clears throat> probably groaned at the same time. Oh. <laughs> so, next week, we're going to talk about, like, theories and okay. suspects. Okay. Like I said, this is page 17. Yeah. And I'm not even to it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you're doing it on a phone, like, reading notes, like, it's yeah. going to be so hard to keep straight. <laughs> okay, I keep my notes on my on my Google Docs, but where I mean, Amber writes it. I write it in a journal. Because uh, <laughs> so, we're all, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm 87. She's a, a young, brisk 75 who's still willing to work with the technology. <laughs> <laughs> brisk. 75 that's me um so so yeah and next week prepare for a long a long episode because the theories are freaking bananagrams so um yeah okay well i'm gonna hold off on my clue yeah um, Yeah, until next week so no clue this week um and no spoilers. Let's not post yeah. any spoilers to the theories or anything like that. Um, let's just let's wait in anticipation together. You know, we're in a we're in a society where we get everything right when we want it. Amazon right. can deliver things within a day. Um, we can stream shows. Let's let's go back to waiting. And those are our expectations. Yeah. Let's fight the urge that we've evolved into having, and let's just have some fun waiting. That's a problem with true crime. Like when we had our that King Super shooting. Yeah, everyone wanted to know right now. We're so pissed, and they were like, yeah. "We can't. We 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 just can't. Like yeah. this just happened. This is yeah. a huge investigation. Yeah. Like we have to tell people first. We have to tell the victims yeah. or the victims' families. families like, yeah. but that's just an expectation. Well, that people we were want. so mad. I remember reading yeah. those comments, and I just had to stop finally off of the news stations that were posting stuff, and people were like. What's he being charged with? And he's like, he literally just got arrested. He has to be interviewed. Like, well, there are no charges. He yeah, was shot. He was shot. Yeah. There, like, some some people were commenting shit, and I, I, I am not a keyboard warrior. I do mm-hmm. not in, get involved with online stuff. I just read it and think and say, you're an idiot, and then go move on with my yeah. day. <sighs> this well case. Learned. Whoa. It's, Thank you. This is yeah. a lot of, like, 17 pages, and we're not even <laughs> suspects. That's we're insane. We're not even halfway. Oh my god. I mean, it's this is it going to be a three-parter? No, I <laughs> no. think I can squeeze. Well, I but I mean if it's a three-parter, it's a three-parter. I we'll decide. I, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think Leslie will have to edit this and even see if this is short enough for one part. And because I mean, I see that yeah. dial ticking, so this might this might even get cut a little bit too. Oh lord! Okay, here we go. <laughs> we gave you ten good episodes where we wrapped up the story nice. Yeah. Now we gotta. I mean. Some cases cannot be put no. into an hour and 45 minutes. Some and, of them have to expand. And definitely not this one because yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. The amount of like rumor and scuttlebutt and like that kind of shit is mm-hmm. just stupid. It's so crazy. Well, but you have to dive down those you have those to, rabbit yeah. holes too because like there could be just that little clue. Especially like like I I have a shit Allergy season, sorry guys. Um, Like I have a genuine idea of who I I legitly think is responsible. Really? Oh, that's exciting. Okay. And I think a lot of people feel the same. Yes. Okay. And because of that, there there are just so many holes to okay to dive into. Can I make a guess? Yeah. So I'm thinking with, and I don't know. you know, I realize I say I'm super into true crime. I never know anything you're talking about. <laughs> so I don't know how deep okay. into it I am. No, no, okay. <laughs> um, so, and again, I've said it a hundred times. It's kind of in one ear and out the other. By the time the, you know, if I listen to another podcast or something, the story's done and I'm like, huh. And I'll remember I don't need tidbits. to remember that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'm so interested in learning it in the moment. And then I'm so quick to be like, I don't need this in my headspace right. anymore. Mm-hmm. And even the cases I research, the people will talk to me, and I'm like, I what? don't remember <laughs> what we were talking about. I'm like that with some. Yeah. But so this one really. Well, me and so this one, good job. First and foremost, this is a lot of information. Um, but so my guess, again, no information outside of what you've told me. I'm gonna hide my face because I, I I can't hide. She it. is expressive. I cannot hide anything. Here, I'll hide behind my book too. Um, <laughs> so, I think. It was the ex-husband who brought a friend and maybe somehow, because she wanted to keep them private, so maybe he figured out where they were living, brought a friend, wanted to scare her, was mad at her for, I mean, divorces are messy, including when you're an abusive asshole. Um, cause, and the reason I'm thinking that is because in the dream, the two boys walked in and were instantly arguing. So they, Johnny had to have recognized this person. Like, you don't, like, sure, you walk into your house and someone's, like, with your mom and you're like, what the fuck's going on? But, like, you don't instantly escalate, usually, to, like, fighting. So I think Johnny recognized this person. And Johnny was the oldest, so he would recognize his dad. So I think, based on no knowledge, that it's Johnny's dad with, like, a friend. And maybe he got drunk and was mad at his wife for leaving. And I mean, he abused his kids before. So who's to say he doesn't do it again? So that's my guess. We'll find out next week if I'm correct. That's a really good guess. Thank you. Do you want me to tell you what the police think? Yes, let's hear what the police think and then we'll we'll hear what Leslie thinks, yeah. Oh, I can't tell you what I think. Well, no, next time, next time, next time. Okay, so the police think that Dana and Johnny hitchhiked. Okay. From a stranger. Oh, their mom said no. And took them (laughs) to the house. Okay. And then the strangers that drove them entered the home, and okay. <clears throat> that and everything See, went nuts. And I thought I thought that too when you said that they hitchhiked. But the only thing is, everyone said that they drove them. So like, eh. okay. But that's what that could. I that's mean, what that the could police, be. That's yeah. like their main idea. That some that the 
they hitchhiked and there were two people in the vehicle and the two people entered themselves. See, I just, it's the dream though. The dream is what's pulling me. Sue was arguing with someone with just, and I know it's a dream, but I mean, you can trust that with the, with the unlocking your brain. It's a dangerous game, but you can, you like psychiatrists can do it. So in my mind, Sue was arguing before. Someone was in the house before. And then Johnny came in, you know, and maybe it was someone that came, like maybe it was the ex-husband and he came over and she's trying to talk him down because she knows how abusive her husband can be. And she knows how to like bring it down. So maybe she's trying to be calm. And then Johnny walks in kind of drunk with his big friend and they start screaming at each other. And I mean, okay, I'm thinking it through now. BB gun. So he walks in, he's drunk. He's pointing this at her. She doesn't know it's a real gun. He's got a friend and they're being menacing and threatening and she's trying to calm the situation, calm down, please, please, like, let's talk. Let's, we don't have to do this. The kids are asleep. Like, let's just talk. We've done this before. You know, she's like lulling him into, yes, I'll take you back. You know, all the things you do with an abusive person. Johnny walks in and escalates the situation because he sees his father pointing a gun at his wife and just loses his shit and starts screaming and yelling. And the big friend, like they probably, come in a little bit more threatening and then just everything goes to shit. That's my guess. That's a great theory. <clears throat> that's a really that's a really good thank you. We'll find out next time. <laughs> oh god, I hate that. <laughs> Alright, friends. Well Leslie's leaving us on a cliffhanger. There is no clue this week because nope. we are gonna get to know that one and we will hold off on mine. Remember to go listen to Ken and Shade's podcast so yes. you can get to know them. The Spectrum of Perception podcast. So you can go listen and then, you know, we'll we'll keep you in the loop and on the deets when we do that nice collab. Alrighty, friends. So that is our podcast episode this week. We will see you next week for part two in Leslie's fabulous research that she's oh, been thank doing. You. You're so thank welcome. You, thank you. And we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Bye. Chapter 28. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's in there. <laughs> The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.